She's smart, sassy, sassy, and a little, a little badassy. Straight from the hip with Courtney Jones. Tune in. Tune in. Going on this week's episode, it is not only so. First, I was gonna call this like the back to work episode because we're trying to get people back to work here, or at least some companies are, but it's also Independence Day weekend, so I'm gonna call this the freedom episode because uh not only have we been freed from the lockdown it's summer everything's opening back up again people are excited to get back out into the parks and uh, venues people are going to restaurants and they're uh, trying to go to movies so the world is opening back up again so we are freed from being in the house for a lot of us that is a great thing but we also have found that as COVID is coming to an end, as things are opening back up and we're looking at the workspace, it's also people are realizing that there is a lot more freedom that has been available when it comes to just work and the way they do it, um, the type of work that they do or whether they work at all. So that's going to be this episode, uh, this week's episode. We're just looking at a, a lot of movement this uh, year so like the economy is opening up and the kids may be out of school but it's back to work for all of those who are adulting out there so the big question on everyone's mind is in or out of the office so in today's episode we're going to look at how some companies and some employers are committing to um, a slight a, more of a hybrid remote, remote work model um, doing everything they can to try and get people back into the workplace and um, so some employers are committed to this hybrid or, or remote work model going forward others not so much so we'll take a look at that we'll also look at how um, where do companies lie in setting the tone when it comes to working from home successfully and I'm going to also look at, I've got a, um, a story because, you know, there's always a flip side to this. When things are booming, things are going great, there's always people who are going to take advantage of that. So I also have, um, as one of the main segments today, is I'm going to tell you a little bit about a young lady in Wisconsin. Her name is Kelsey, um, recent graduate, very excited about working. And um, she was um, trying to um, explore some remote work options. And she found an employer, or what she thought, and what she thought, she thought that she was going to make a lot of money this summer. And it turns out it ended up costing her like over $4,000. So I'm going to talk about some of the pitfalls that uh, you can look for, some of the red flags that you can look for if you're online or you're looking on different um, uh, job sites or hiring or freelance platforms, just some of the uh, red flags that you can look out for. And uh, I've also got some great news about some things that are going on on the site, a bunch of new changes and some updates and some upcoming events that are going on. So stay tuned. I've got a good one for you. Oh, 
yeah, so I'm back. And as we know, like, it has been crazy. Like, are you over the whole staying in the house thing? Are you ready to get back, um, like, out to work? Like, what, what, what's going on here? For me personally, um, here on my birthday weekend, woo, woo. It's like me personally, I am um, considering taking on some more projects. Um, and it's, it, it's indicative of a lot of what we're seeing this summer. Um, the economy is on the move. For June, 850,000 new jobs were uh, added in June. So that's been the biggest swell since COVID. So it's been really, really big. Everyone's really excited about it. Unfortunately, um, economists are saying that we're going to need about eight more months of that same type of performance before we can actually say that we uh, reached the recovery point um, from after COVID. So millions of people um, are still out there, or millions of employers are trying to find employees. There's a lot of people that are still looking, but we've seen some shifts in the dynamics since uh, COVID and since people are going back to work. And I think that that's been very interesting. And it's one of the things that I think economists are looking at, employers are looking at, and employees, employees are looking at as well. Because as we're seeing um, one of the unexpected shifts of COVID, we were kind of forced to sit our butts down for a while. It's like we had this busy, busy, oh, I can't sleep until I'm dead of mindset. And COVID just kind of put the brakes on all of that. COVID was like, oh, no, excuse me, ma'am. Uh, pump your brakes, okay? It's like because uh, everything that we thought we couldn't live without, we kind of did over the past year, almost a year and a half in some places. And we stopped a lot of what we considered our modern world. We weren't going out to restaurants. We weren't going to movies, entertainment. Like, we saw huge um, chunks of industries that were, like, affected. The entertainment industry, like, wow. Like, no traveling, no venues, no no concerts, no events, like everything kind of got shut down. Same way um, as a party to that, like the movie industry, like everything just kind of stopped. So it was interesting to see just how um, people who kind of their whole life was wrapped up in moving around all of the time. It was interesting to see how everyone was kind of forced to slow down and pump their brakes over the past uh, a year. And it has caused um, some shifts, not only in the way that we live on a day-to-day, but it's also caused some shifts in the way that we see ourselves, the way that we see our lives, and the way that we see our need for the things that make us happy in our life. And a lot of times, you know, people took a lot of pride in the fact that they worked so much, they didn't have time for anything else. And, you know, I uh, was one of those people, not necessarily that talked about how much I worked, but I was in a situation that was uh, kind of weird. I've been in, I've been working from home or uh, inside my home for about 15 years now. So COVID was just like, for me, a leveler. It was the great leveler. It allowed people to see how I've been living for the past 15 years. So it was interesting to see just in my family with friends. They're like, how did you do this for so long? And it's like, because... 
I think a lot of it for me, the my definitions are slightly, you know, I got a different perspective on a, everything. So I think my definition of work has helped with a lot of that. I don't necessarily, I know a lot of people say, well, do you have a job? Well, do you have a work? Especially if you're a creative uh, entrepreneur, if you're doing uh, anything like in a creative arts or anything like that, people can be confused about what you do, how you make your money, like how things work for you. And so... A lot of times um, when it comes to those type of creative things, you'll get those questions like, well, do you have a job yet? So over this past year, nobody had a damn job. And it's like, and the people who did, they were like trying to do the best that they could like to handle and, and, and make things happen. But the, most people were like kind of shut down. If you weren't already like uh, in a uh, situation where you were like able to shift to a remote work experience, then a lot of people were just kind of stuck in the house. They had to find different things to do. And so my definition of work um, has always encompassed the things that I'm passionate about, um, the things that I would do um, on a daily basis, whether I was getting paid for it or not. That's what I see as my work. So I do that all the time. Like I'm doing that like 24 hours a day. And so it was just very easy for me to sag into this whole shutdown thing. Others, not so much. Like I saw a lot of people going like stir crazy because they just could not handle it. So they're like chomping at the bit, ready to get back to work. But I think one of the things is that um, we've seen over this past year and one thing that COVID has given us is not only in that gift of slowing down, but it gave people, um, especially employees, it gave them options. And that's one thing that I think a lot of times employees don't necessarily believe that they have in the workforce. And COVID definitely has given options. It's given um, employees the time. Because if you're running back and forth, you wake up in the morning, you're rushing, rushing. If you're, especially if, like, if you've got kids and stuff, or even if you're solo. But you wake up, you're rushing, rushing. From the time you get up, you're focused on getting to work. People are like in rush hour on their way to a job that they can't stand. But they're yelling and screaming and speeding in traffic to get to a place that they don't really want to be. They're not maybe necessarily, as we see a lot of times, even online or in reviews, companies aren't necessarily giving the highest level of service. Um, maybe their employees don't necessarily feel in, uh, valued. But so you spend the whole day, you're at work, you get off, there's this rush, you got to get home, you got to do dinner, you got to run errands, like there's all this stuff. And so we're caught up in this hamster wheel where you never get a chance to just stop and think, to just stop and be. And that's what has been, I think, the great leveler of this COVID thing that what has been the most determining factor because it did give people that chance to sit and think about, well, what do I want to do? What would I like to do? What brings me joy? What do I enjoy doing? And you were able to go back. A lot of friends that I know rediscovered board games because nobody was doing that. We were always on our, our devices, facing our device, not really connecting or interacting with other people, even though we were standing right next to people sometimes. And I think that uh, COVID really allowed us to kind of slow down, to think about, well, what's next? What do we like? What, what do I actually enjoy doing? I know that I'm doing this job or doing whatever it is because I think I have to or I should. But what COVID has done is kind of thrown those shoulds and wouldas, couldas, have tos. It's thrown all of that out the window. And so now as we see with the economy opening back up, one of the things that employers are finding is that employees have more bargaining power now 
they definitely, for the first time in a really long time, are seeing that they have the ability to bargain because it's not a desperation. Oh, I have to get a job. It's literally like, well, what type of job do I want to take? How will that job fit into my life? Is this job something that's going to bring me joy? But it, So it's really adding extra factors to um, our situations besides just the shoulda. Well, I should be doing this. I should have a job. I should be going back to work. And like we said, we added, uh, there was 850,000 jobs that were added but companies are still like in certain industries restaurant and bar they're not seeing the numbers like that and i think that um, they're screaming that they're short-staffed and they're hoping that uh and even though they've added some jobs even in the bar and restaurant industry they're still saying that they're short like 1.3 million jobs to not be understaffed and I think especially in industries like that, restaurant and bar, where it might be fast money. Um, I have a, a good friend who I always, I did the office route. So as we were like in our 20s and 30s, I always had the day job that financed my creative ventures in the evening. I did, uh, I was a spoken word uh, performer. So... I, all the things that I did um, with my creative stuff, it was paid for through my day job. And so it's been really interesting with those, like with my friend, she worked in the restaurant industry. So she loved the fast money, the fact that she had cash every day, like she was a, a hostess, like for a very well-known uh, steak restaurant here. So it was, um, it was always that kind of juggle. Like it's like, well, I should have a better job that's going to pay me more money, but I really enjoy the work that I do and the stuff that I do. So that type of industry, it worked very well for her and gave her the flexibility to do other stuff, the same way that my day job did me. But I think that what we're seeing now uh, when people have the option and the choice on what they want to do and whether they're going to come back, um, they're not flocking back to the restaurant and bar industry. It's an industry that notoriously people do. If you work in a restaurant, people any server or waitress can tell you um the the working conditions aren't always the greatest um the customers aren't always the greatest and the pay isn't always the greatest and so some places they've uh, tried to increase the wages so we'll see like how that works but i think again like i said employees have more bargaining power there is a demand to be treated with dignity and respect and what i find interesting is there are companies who are offended by that and you can see the pushback. You can see that kind of like, oh, who do they think they are? And it's like um, they, they think that they are valued employees or that they should be and that they should be treated with respect and that they should be treated like they are valued and that they um, have some dignity, whether they, no matter what their job title says. And I think that that's kind of the point that's being driven home to these employers now as they're attempting to staff uh, their companies and you know bars and restaurants. They're realizing that uh, we have millions of people right now who just aren't taking jobs, whether they're available or not. And there are still financial situations where, yeah, people do have to pay bills. People do have to take care of their households and they have to do all that. But people have found uh, ways to do that that do not reduce their dignity and respect, that do not make them feel less valued as people. 
and that they were able to do that without all of the stress and the a lot of the other because you heard a lot of people talked about stress 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 like before the covid oh some of that just mentally was um eased in a lot of ways so it's into there's there's a lot of factors that um are kind of converging right now a lot with the timing especially because it's the summer a lot of times we've been stuck in the house for the past year and a half so there are people who are choosing to take a vacation as opposed to go back to work they finally are able to get out and get on a plane they can go visit friends and family that they haven't seen face to face so there's vacations that are a factor a big factor um is child care and it's like they have added, um, I believe it's like two, 25,000 new childcare jobs were added, um, I guess just like in June. But that is going to have to keep pace in order for people to feel comfortable going back to work if the childcare is not there. So, and that's affecting across the board. That doesn't matter like what the income level is, but for lower income level people, that is a huge deciding factor, especially since school is out and really uh, deciding, do I try to go back? to work not have childcare, and then so if you don't have children you might not realize but daycare is actually expensive and so you can find yourself working for your entire paycheck will be going to go to daycare and then the rest of your bills still aren't paid so it does not even out to be worth going back to work and i think that a lot of times employers they have created an environment and society has created an environment. Um, we're a very industrialized society. We believe in that structured warehousing of, of production and talent. So we always, it's, it's, it's been a, a refrain. I, it's like, I, my mom still does it. Well, you have to go to work. You have to work. And it's like, and I think what people are realizing, those people who were just steadfast with their jobs, who did not understand or respect the creative entrepreneur life path, um, I think they're starting to realize now, it's like that you, you have to have an income. And I say this all the time, like that is my constant refrain. I have people that can't stand for me to say that and it makes them very angry when I say it. But it's like, but you don't have to have a job. You do have to have an income to live the way that you need, want to live or the way you need to live, whether that's bills that need to be paid, a roof over your head. Like you definitely have to have an income, but you're no longer required to have a job. And I think that what we have seen over this past year, just the level of entrepreneurial ventures that have taken off over this past year, people who kept putting off wanting to start their own thing or maybe even that little Etsy shop that they wanted to start and they kept saying, well, I have to work. I can't do this. I don't have time for this. Well, they had plenty of time over this past year and people dabbled in things that maybe were just passions or hobbies and they turned out to be very fruitful over this past year. So people aren't rushing to go back. So I think that it's bosses, companies are very definitely going to set the tone for how we move forward. And I think that a lot of that is going to have to be at the forefront. Um, the true understanding of that people are expect that because these employees have this bargaining power, employers are going to have to give more dignity and respect. Um, I worked for a company like I um, ended a project like the beginning of the year where like it, there was no respect 
for the department that I was in at, at all. And it was like very, very obvious. And But this was the, the, the department that was the backbone and that brought in all the money. But there was like no respect there. Um, you could see that it was like kind of a mutual kind of thing. We would do like the, the Zoom meetings and like most of my department would have their camera off. Like they despised the front office as much as the front office despised them. And I think that those type of dynamics Companies are not going to survive with those type of dynamics because employees have no problem walking away. And it's like, so I think that for companies to be viable and to make the um, moving forward to make a hybrid kind of model um, work successfully and be effective, I think that it's going to have to take into consideration not just what the tasks of the job are or what you believe the value of that employee is, but really rethinking what you see as the value in your resources when it comes to talent. over uh, the next um, a couple of years. I think we'll definitely see that. And so for employees, um, like I said, it's the freedom edition. Employees right now have the freedom to choose what direction that they want to go in. So it's interesting to see like what's going to happen next. So um, we'll see. She graduated last year and she was really excited about starting like remote, uh, starting a well really just starting a job. She had just um, graduated, she wanted to use her degree and one of the reasons for that is she um, unfortunately ran into a scammer who had a fake job. And so one of the things that they do, and I actually ran into uh, someone like this uh, years ago and I was surprised that these type of scams were like still going on. About 12 years ago I was contacted by uh, a, what I thought was an employer on Indeed. Uh, they said that they had gotten my resume and they actually started the hiring process. It was really convoluted. Um, we went through, so I never actually met with anyone face to face. And I always tell people that's one of the red flags to kind of look out for when you are, um, you know, and, and I, let me give the disclaimer on that because it can be difficult when because of all the remote stuff, uh, the onboarding process that I was going through over this week, all of it was virtual. Um, like, even though we were able to do like a face-to-face -face Zoom, but for the most part, the onboarding process was virtual. In this particular instance, they reached out to her. Everything was done through text messages, and they didn't want to... Um, everything was done through a text message, and they didn't want to... Um, I guess she didn't actually do a, a video interview with anyone. And so the thing that the biggest red flag for me, and I always tell people, is you don't ever want to pay for a job. 
Now, there are some instances, if you get on, like, some freelance sites, if you're doing, like, um, 1099 work, there are platforms where you are basically paying for a membership to that platform, and then there's kind of, like, a, a job board, or there's different positions that are listed that you can choose based on your own flexibility or hours. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a job where you're required to pay. For me, personally, I don't even deal with the jobs that ask me to pay for a background check. And it's like, so, um, but there there will be companies that might ask you to pay for a background check. They might ask you to pay for equipment, you know, that sort of thing. Um, a lot of times companies will ask if you have your own equipment. That's completely different from being required to buy specific equipment. And with this particular scam and what this young lady uh, fell victim to is they were telling her that they would send her a check for the equipment. She received a check for like $4,000. She was supposed to buy the equipment. And so, like I said, this happened to me like in 2009. They actually sent me a check. Um, I think it was for a little bit less. It was like for about maybe $2,000. That was supposed to be used for me to buy a specific monitor and uh, equipment. And then I was supposed to send the rest of the money like back to them. And um, I was fortunate that uh, the bank person was like, you don't want to deposit this check. Unfortunately, this young lady, Kelsey, in Wisconsin, did not have anybody to tell her that. She deposited the check into her bank account, and of course, it was not a real check. So she was out of like $4,000. And then... Not only was she out of the 4000 but they had also gotten her personal information as well. So this young lady was devastated. She filed a police report. In my instance, um, I was upset that they would do that. I literally traced back the person who had mailed me out the check, found this person. He was down in Ken Kentucky, and he told me that he had been hired literally the same way. He had answered an ad. His job was to send these checks out to people, and so it just kind of... It, it made me upset. This was when it happened to me. It was during the boom, like back in 2009, the real estate boom. So everything was like going crazy. Everything was tanking. People were like desperately looking for jobs. And it offended me that somebody would take advantage of people who were looking for jobs, people who already needed money, and then to take advantage by having them deposit some fake. Like it just was offensive to me. So I traced this, uh, like I said, I traced it back to the guy in Kentucky, got it as much as information from him as I could about where he, who the person that he was working for and then I started tracing this guy I made um, a lot of like um, I was not the most popular person in tech because I traced this guy down he was a developer um, IP addresses were jumping all over the place I traced him down like to um, like the, the Caribbean islands like I was on this guy's ass for like a year and a half I talked to the uh, CBI here in Colorado and was informed that they knew about this guy. That this guy had been doing this for about three or four years. He had gotten like hundreds of people. And it's like, so you know about this guy, but you're not protecting the people that they're preying on. So, like I said, after I did that, that's when I kind of took things into my own hand. I kind of tried to track this guy down. I got a lot of pushback. 
I got a lot of pushback. I got my websites attacked and hacked. Um, a lot of stuff that went on because as I was going through, because I had wondered for a while, like who was actually behind that? It seemed way too sophisticated for just one scam guy. And so um, it was disappointing to see that it, this is still like very active. Uh, this young lady, it happened to her um, just about a month ago. And so one of the red flags, if you are on a site like Indeed, or if you're on um, any of the job hunting sites like that, one of the things I like about Indeed, at the very bottom of every page, they have a little link where you can say, do not sell my personal information. You can click on that and it will keep your uh, email address and your information from just kind of floating out there on Indeed. And so that way, the only the people who contact you and you respond back can um, get your personal information. I don't even put my email address on my resume anymore because in doing so, I have found that as soon as I put my email address or my telephone number on something, I'm spammed within like a day, within 24 hours. So companies are desperate. I guess they're selling everybody's information. So I choose not to put those personal um, identifying things on my resume. I will give them to you on upon request or upon hire. But that type of stuff I do not give out because you see so many of these scams like this. Now in this particular instance, this young lady Kelsey. She um, did everything they asked her in the ad. They had actually sent her a, um, like I said, the entire correspondence was through text. In my particular instance, they did send me an email. It was on company letterhead. One of the things that I noticed, and um, like I said, my background has been front on back office, so I'm very familiar with how things go as far as administratively, like in a front office. So I immediately noticed discrepancies in the cover letter that they sent me. Um, some misspelled words, uh, a misspelled word in the title. One thing I know about admin, front office, um, uh, assistants, HR people, they're not going to misspell their own title. No. So that's one of the things that I noticed right off the bat. I noticed that there were some grammatical and some spelling errors that did not make sense to me. Me personally, I go back and I also look. I'll take the address that they have. I go and search and make sure the same one that they can still get an address off of any company's like website but those are just some of the things that I check. Um, I look at the letterhead, I look at just the correspondence itself. If that particular person is giving me like a name I might go look in that company directory um, on the website you know it's like a, a lot of times uh, com websites have the our team section so I'll go and look and see if I can find it um, like that. There are different ways that you can kind of see red flags. One of the red flags that I definitely look for in situations like I said my biggest one is when they want you to pay for a position in this bill pay for equipment if they're going to send you a check another position that I see a lot especially on indeed is for a logistics coordinator where they can't really give you the name of the company the words are very official and the job is it's like very formal are the words and the job description literally sounds like it can 
came out of a book. So those type of things um, I look for. A lot of times companies, when they're writing a job application, they know that uh, there's a lot of competition for that talent out there. So companies do try and get creative in their um, their job postings. So I am kind of leery of the ones that are very formal. Um, like I said, uh, the job description sounds like it's been uh, taken from a book. Those type just copied and pasted. A lot of times those are companies or people who don't have a strong grasp of the English language. It'll be very obvious if they try and write it themselves. So they just copy and paste some things. So... I avoid those type when those um, come to me and they say, well, I found your resume online. I just politely decline the request. Um, those I'm just not interested in. Um, if they uh, uh, contact you, say they read your resume, but they're offering you a position in a industry that you're not familiar with or that you have nothing to do with. Those are a lot of times like I got one the other day uh, that the, the recruiter guy or was saying, well, you, you seem a perfect fit for this position. And it was like for, um, I got some, some, doing something with tools and like for a hardware company. And it's like, what on my resume would make you think on any level that not only would I have the skills and qualifications for this uh, position, but that I would be interested in the position? And it's like, so I think that, and it's crazy that you'd have to do the recruiter job uh, for them. But yeah, like those are definitely red flags. They're showing you, they didn't look at your resume at all when they're telling you certain stuff like this. So those are definitely red flags to look out for. Um, I would say so, summing up my three biggest red flags, pay attention to um, any typos or misspellings, anything that seems off with the uh, job um, uh, correspondence or uh, communications, uh, the the profile itself or the um, initial communications that you have with the company, um, have they read through your resume? Do they are they paying attention to you and what your skills are, or does it seem like it's just kind of a blanket kind of thing? And also, my biggest red flag is if you're ever asked to pay um, for the job, if you're ever asked to pay for equipment for the job. It's one thing if they're going to send you a stipend. And so if you've listened to some of the previous shows, if you've been on the website, you'll see why I talk about some of the differences if you're freelancing or if you're getting started um, doing remote work, uh, knowing the difference between 1099 work and W-2. If you're doing 1099, there are some instances, like I said, where you're paying to be a part of the platform that, um, uh, that provides you with the open positions. If you are doing W-2 work and you're trying to do it uh, remote, you should never be asked to pay for the job itself you should never be asked to pay for equipment and I have found used to with the w2 positions they uh, will do a stipend for any equipment that you need or like sometimes the companies will do stipends for like your internet access that sort of thing but you're not being asked to pay for the job itself so that to me is like one of the biggest red flags but and you can check out the website too. I did um, a little video on just some of the ways, some of the things to look out for when you're out there um, online. And that's again whether you're looking for freelance positions, whether you're trying to do work from home uh, positions, whether that's through a company and uh, W2, or whether you're trying to do 1099. But just different flags that you can look out for, and um, just because you want to protect yourself out there, you want to make sure that you know you are. Yeah, we want the money, honey, but we. We also want work that is fulfilling, that um, can help us um, 
contribute our skills and talents and abilities in a way that um, allows us to grow, allows our companies to grow, and allows us to serve uh, those companies' customers as well. So um, just little things to look out for. I'm always surprised that, you know, some of these things like you wouldn't even think about until you're actually in the process. One of the things that I did notice with the job um, from back in like 2009 they, which I think was one of the things that offended me the most about the whole process. This guy knows that he's giving out fake checks, but they literally put me through a whole interview process. They had me write some crazy essay that took me like three days. Like it was a terrible process. And to go, and I'll tell you, I had a, a really bad migraine from the time I started writing the essay. And it was like my whole energy, my whole body was like, what are we doing? Like, what does any of this have to do with this position? And it's like, so I could feel something was a little off, but I did not go with my first mind. And I went ahead and was like, well, you know, the, the position seems like it was, I was excited about the position. So I went ahead and ignored those red flags. And luckily it did not turn out worse. And luckily it did not end like the way that it did for this young lady, Kelsey in Wisconsin. But um, she, unfortunately did not get her money back or anything she did file a police report if this has happened to you if you have uh, run across these type of fake um, employers or these fake jobs then definitely report it to the platform that you are on and if you are out of money I personally if they send you checks or anything like that don't deposit that shit and um, but in the event that you know you're not sure then I would contact local authorities as well especially if you're out of money like that because it's unfortunate that people would play, prey on or take advantage of people that they believe already are desperate um, for the money so that's unfortunate but what is this this is fourth of july weekend so what we are freeing ourselves from the bullshit so that's the thing so free your mind and the rest will follow so um that uh, and part of our mind tells us that we have to do certain things that we should do certain things we're supposed to be certain uh, doing certain things and you know me i don't like the woulda coulda shouldas i don't live by those and it's like i move in the moment and so i think that i'm interested to see how things shift over the next uh, year or so now that things are opening back up to see um, if the economy stays on pace. Um, very excited, wanted to do shout outs. I saw the other day uh, Cardi B is expecting a little bundle of joy because again like I said the industry's changed over this past year what people thought that they were passionate about not so much those passions have shifted so I'm I'm really interested to know like with Cardi and with this second baby would she have made this choice um even a year ago when she was like booming like our career like they're talking about she's making a movie and all this stuff so would she have considered having a second child um if we hadn't have had this COVID kind of thing over this past year because like I said it's like and I'm sure she's still passionate about her career but I think that this past year has allowed us to realize that there are things more important than just that grind all the time and it's like I've lived at a slower pace for about 15 years and I know a lot of people have just been irritated at me and it's like it was interesting to see the rest of the world kind of slow down to my pace over the past year um, explore some different things um, 
discover things that you didn't even realize that you liked or enjoyed about yourself and about the world around you. So um, hopefully it's working for you. Hopefully you're turning it up this weekend, this 4th of July Independence Day weekend, because it's cancer season, bitches. You know, the U.S. is a cancer, July 4th, second decan cancer. So uh, we'll see. Uh, it's supposed to be good cancer season this year. I'm planning to turn it up. I got a lot of new exciting things coming up. Uh, this year in case you haven't been to the website uh, recently uh, why not it's like there's a lot of new things that are going on I've got couple of new sections, added on um, some videos. I'm trying to add as much content as I can that um, just really helps that you can just flip through for spot things. Like if you wanna, well, how do I do this? Or what do I, I just want to have videos like right there that you guys can access. Um, we're still building out the membership site. So I don't, right now it's just, if you go on there, it's there, um, take advantage. If you are, um, one of the things that I'm always talking about, I, we're all about customers. I'm all about customers. I've been, uh, and because everything I've done, I say for the last 30 years, has been about customer service. So, um, and, and you know, if you're really passionate about serving the customer, because that's why you're in business, right? So if you're really passionate about serving the customer, making sure the customer gets what they need, if you've gotten into the habit and pattern of that, sometimes taking care of ourselves can kind of fall by the wayside. And we do, we talk about, oh, self-care, self-care. We hear that a lot. But what does that mean when it comes to applying it to your day-to-day -day and and, and when it comes to the work, your work life. So I've got a brand new series on the website. It's a video series, Self-Care for Working Professionals. Definitely go check it out. Just a few, um, it's just a couple of videos. Um, you don't have to put your email address in or anything. Just a couple of videos that just help you shift the mindset because it, it just kind of helps you arm. I suggest watch them in the morning. They're short videos, like five minutes, but they're little mindset shifts that will help you flip the script on what customer service is and how you can give it to your customers in a way that um, allows you to have healthy and um, productive interactions and that do not leave you. So the you want the customer to walk away feeling satisfied, but sometimes when they walk away, we can be left feeling scrambled. So it's like this will help you with healthy, honest um, interactions with your customers, but that also leave you without, um, so that you're not left feeling drained or insane afterwards. Just a little self-care and a little uh, mental flips just flipping the script so that you can get yourself mentally prepared for dealing with customers throughout the day and you can use these not just on customers i have kids you can use them on relatives a spouses a, a neighbor like it doesn't matter there are just simple mental flips that you can use to make sure that you can sail through your day without adding on any mental stress. So go check that out on the website. We're also building out the marketing website as well. So I'm splitting them out um, into different sections. So that because a lot of times people come to the website, they get confused. They might be coming looking for the podcast. They're seeing all this exciting stuff for people who are creative entrepreneurs, but they're also seeing stuff for people who are trying to get out the cubicle. So um, we're kind of moving out the sections a little bit. So as you'll see, we're under construction a little bit on the website. Website, but please come by 
take a look, you'll probably be surprised or that it's got a different look. There's been a lot of updates and we're just getting started. So hopefully you'll check it out. But I'm going to go ahead and turn it up because you know what? Like I said, it's holiday weekend. It's the 4th of July Independence Day weekend. Freedom, freedom, baby. And like I said, it's my birthday weekend. So I'm about to go out here and turn it up. Have a great time because I'm celebrating my freedom. And uh, I'm interested to know what you guys do to uh, celebrate. And I want to know, are you in or out uh, when it comes to work? Are you inside? Are you excited about remote work? Are you loving it? You can't imagine um, like going back to the commute? Or are you like chomping at the bit and ready to get back out there and uh, back to the workplace? You love that commute. You're missing all your friends at work. Let me know what's going on. Put some comments in there. Uh, leave a voicemail for the show. I want to know when you might be featured in an upcoming episode. So I'm going to go ahead and get out of here and uh, I hope you enjoy your weekend. I am Courtney Jones. You're listening to Straight from the Hip with Courtney Jones. I'm Courtney and you are fucking awesome. So till next time, go be it. Peace. Broadcasting worldwide online 24-7. 